Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh to all of our viewers across the nation. Uh, welcome to our 40 hadith series as we cover the compilation of Shahwaliullah rahmatullahi alayhi. Uh, firstly, I would like to thank all of our viewers for taking the time out to join us this evening. As a reminder, uh, we cover one hadith weekly at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Secondly, uh, I would like to welcome our esteemed guest of honor this week, Sheikh Tamim Ahmadi Hafidahullah. Just uh, some things that we need to know about Sheikh Tamim Hafidahullah. He, mashallah, is a very beautiful and genuine individual. Alhamdulillah, I was able to spend time with him throughout the years at annual ulama conferences. Uh, the Sheikh has studied under some greats and luminaries, namely Mufti Taqi Uthmani and Mulana Sayyimullah Khan Saab. Uh, Sheikh has also been granted the mantle of authorization in Tazkiyah, which is purification of the heart by the giant Hakim Akhtar Rahmatullahi Alayhi. Uh, Sheikh Tamim, alhamdulillah, is currently in Fremont, California, heading many different scholastic efforts and is a counselor and mentor for many. Uh, Sheikh has also authored many books. Alhamdulillah, I was uh, privileged enough to have two of his books here, Sacrifice and another book, The Hidden Blessings, which covers hadith and different things on the calamities and trials of our time. And I think all of Sheikh's books are must-reads for everyone. Alhamdulillah. Uh, Jazakumullah khair, uh, Sheikh, for, having, uh, for coming along. And inshallah, go ahead. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. Sayyidina wa nabiyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin layyum al-deen. أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ويسألونك عن الأهلة قل هي مواقيت للناس والحج وليس البر بأن تأتوا البيوت من ظهورها ولكن البر من اتقى وأتوا البيوت من أبوابها واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون وقال تعالى ما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم استعينوا على إنجاح الحوائج بالكتمان فإن كل ذي نعمة محسود صدق الله العظيم وصدق الرسول النبي الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين Respected brothers and sisters and honorable listeners and watchers الحمد لله for this great opportunity uh, I'm grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to Mufti Ahmad and to the organization for allowing me and for allowing all of us to um, sit and remind and revive uh, our Iman. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum uh, had a very beautiful tradition amongst themselves. And when sometimes they would get together, as this uh, hadith has been narrated, that ta'alaw nu'minu sa'atan. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum were reported to have said that when they would, you know, want to gather to one another and sit with one another, they would say, Come, let us have faith for a few moments. Actually, in Hayatul Sahaba, this uh, narration uh, has been mentioned. And uh, I believe that this, this is a, a narration by Imran ibn Hussein, anhu, if I'm not mistaken. And when he says, uh, one of the people of that time, I perhaps the tabi'in, they said, Awalasna bi mu'minin. That when uh, the Sahabi said, Come, uh, join us, 
let us uh, believe for a few moments. So the Tabi'i, he understood it in a, maybe in a, he didn't understand what the uh, Sahabi was saying. And he kind of uh, objected. And he said, what, are we not believers that you're telling us come so that we can believe? He said, no. He said, but rather our Iman becomes weak. Rather when we, uh, you know, uh, sit and we remind ourselves, our Iman becomes strengthened. As is mentioned in another hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that Jaddidu Imanakum. So then the Sahaba radiallahu anhum they said, Jaddidu Imanana ya Rasulullah. The Prophet told the companions that renew your iman. Renew your iman. They said, Ya Rasulullah, and how can we renew our iman? Yani, this is a beautiful concept that the Messenger وسلم, is teaching us and something that the, it's a concept that the Sahaba عنهم, also understood that Iman is something that needs to be renewed. Faith is not something that just comes inside of your heart and then just stays there. Rather, faith, my dear brothers and sisters, is something that goes up. Faith is something that comes down. Faith can become old. And the Prophet والسلام, by his wording, in a Sahih Hadith, he mentions that the faith becomes old and worn out just like a cloth gets old and worn out. In an authentic, reliable narration, this has been mentioned. So they said, Ya Rasulullah, وَكَيْفَ نُجَدِّدُ إِيمَانَنَا قَالَ جَدِّدُ إِيمَانَكُمْ بِلَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا الله. The Prophet ﷺ said, renew your iman with the repetition of kalima la ilaha illallah. Along with that, Anything which is the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We understood that la ilaha illallah is a specific wording. This is a direct means by which we can renew our iman. But generally, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa has taught us that any gathering of the remembrance of Allah, any gathering of the remembrance of Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa or the pious people, or the sahaba kiram, or the awliya idam, any of these uh, uh, things, it is something uh, which is included in the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And inshallah, it will be a means of increasing our iman. So alhamdulillah, you know, for this, that in this day and age, more than anything else, the asbab, the, the means by which we renew our iman, what is it? Remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another means of the, you know, increasing our iman is seeking knowledge. Subhanallah. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned in another hadith in which he said that من سلك طريقا من سلك طريقا يلتمس فيه علما سهل الله به طريقا إلى الجنة أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام that anyone who treads a path in order to seek something of knowledge, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through that will make his way easy to paradise. Subhanallah. When your way is being made easy to paradise through seeking knowledge, obviously it's going to be something that's going to increase your iman. Obviously it's going to be something that is going to, um, you know, rejuvenate your faith and, you know, invigorate your uh, inclination towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, recitation of Quran, seeking of knowledge, sitting in the, uh, the, the, the company of the pious people, right? 
this is something so important. And now, okay, we're in the we're in the time of social distancing. Okay, how am I supposed to sit in the company of the people of Allah? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward this organi your organization, reward um, Masjid Sufa, reward Mufti Ahmad, and all of uh, all of you and the organizers who are right establishing this means by which we are doing what? By which we are sitting in the company of one another and you know. Uh, you know, renewing each other's faith, like the Sahaba radiAllahu anhu mentioned, "Taala nu'minu sa'atan, najlisu wa nu'minu sa'atan." Let us sit and let us revive our iman. Let us revive our faith and our the, the nur in our hearts, because like the Prophet sallallahu said, he he made us aware of this reality, the reality that faith can become old, right? that nur and that light can diminish, right? That candle can be flickering in the winds of trials and tribulations. So what do we do and how do we preserve it is in these Mubarak and these blessed companies as the Prophet ﷺ himself has guided us and as the Sahaba radiallahu anhum have demonstrated for us through their practice. So Alhamdulillah, ta'ala nu'minu sa'atan. Inshallah, let us come and you know, revive our iman for a few moments. This beautiful hadith that we have, that I've been assigned, mashallah, it's a 40 hadith series from the uh, compilation of Al Imam Al Muhaddith, Shaykh Al Islam, Shah Waliullah Muhaddith Al Dehlawi, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, in which it says, Istainu and I know that um, there are different wordings of this narration. I believe the wording that Shawaliullah brings is The narration, which is a full narration, and this is an authentic hadith. Um, it has been authenticated by uh, the scholars of hadith. Um, There's different uh, wordings, but this wording that I am, inshallah, going to uh, narrate this hadith with and the, uh, the, the narration that I would like to use, which is the full uh, wording. The Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said from a hadith on the authority of Mu'adh ibn Jabal radiallahu anhu, Ista'inu ala injahil hawa'iji bil kitman. Seek assistance. And as is mentioned, mashallah, here in the translation, seek help. Right, in the fulfillment of your necessities, through concealing them, right? And it says discreetly, as is mentioning here, mashallah, seek help for any needs discreetly. The more complete version, which I think inshallah will give us a you know a, a better understanding of this Mubarak hadith is. Seek or take assistance in the fulfillment of your necessities through concealing them. For verily, every possessor of bounties will be a source or will be envied. Every person who is given any blessings will be envied. Subhanallah. 
First and foremost, okay, what is the trans this is the translation of the hadith? Let's go into it a little bit more. Okay, what is what does this mean? What is the Prophet trying to tell us? Remember, first and foremost, brothers and sisters, that Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sent with a message and was sent with was sent with a sunnah in which Allah Azza wa Jal mentions about it. We did not leave out of this book anything. Whatever the Messenger وسلم, he gives you, and whatever he for, uh, forbids you, then you should stay away from it. Whatever he gives you, take. And whatever he forbids you, abstain from it. And the Prophet وسلم, has given us such beautiful advices. The Prophet وسلم, has given us mu'amalat and mu'asharat. He's given us a, a, a way, right? He's given us a, a, a tariqah. He's given us a methodology. He's given us a path. He's given us a lifestyle. He's given us guidelines in every single thing in our lives, private and public, religious and secular, uh, political and spiritual. In every aspect, the Prophet ﷺ has given us general usuls to live by. And wallahi al-azim, if we live by these usuls, inshallah that we will be successful in this dunya and in the akhirah. Some of us brothers and sisters think, that the Messenger وسلم, he came with a message that only has to do with matters of the hereafter. Right? He was a messenger. He came, he told us about some things that are the unseen, and he came and told us about prayer, and he told us how to, you know, fast and how to do hajj and how to do some ritual worship. And that was the how do you say the duty of the messenger. And that was the you know objective of prophethood. But this understanding is incomplete, brothers and sisters. As Muslims, if we believe that the Prophet ﷺ came and he only came to tell us about the matters of the hereafter and the matters of the akhirah, then we are mistaken. And we have an incorrect and mis a misunderstanding about for what the Messenger ﷺ was sent here for. Rather, Rasulullah ﷺ, some of the teachings that he came with, many of the teachings that he came with is that life on this world should become easy for us. Life on this world should become a, a society of justice, a life of peace and comfort, a life that is distant from formalities, a life that is living on the straight way, which is connected with other communities, with, uh, with, with, with balances and harmony, which has harmony of family, of society, of community, of, of, of people of other, you know, um, uh, 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 people of other societies, people of other communities, being able to link with them and also being able to, you know, uh, have guidelines on how do we conduct ourselves in our daily dealings? How do we conduct ourselves in regards to our matters of, um, you know, uh, how, we, how, we, how we treat people? Uh, how do we conduct ourselves in, you know, various different aspects of, you know, private and public life, what we call mu'amalat and mu'asharat, right? One of the great scholars of Islam, Shaykh Ashraf Ali Tanwi, rahimahullah, said that one of the major mistakes of the Muslim ummah and one of the major misunderstandings of Muslims is that we think that the Prophet ﷺ came with a couple of, you know, religious rituals and that's it. And therefore a person, he performs five daily prayers, he thinks I'm a very good Muslim. I'm a very good Muslim, 
right? He will not have any good relations with his neighbors. He will not have good relations with his parents, with his siblings, with their brothers and sisters, because he thinks that, okay, my deen is restricted to namaz. I'm a haji sab. I did my hajj. Therefore, I'm a very good person, right? He will not have good dealings in his business. He will cheat others in the job. You know, he will lie. He'll take bribes and so on and so forth. But he'll go for hajj and he'll pray five times namaz and he thinks he's fulfilled his responsibility as a Muslim. Shaykh Ashraf Ali Tanwi rahimahullah said that this is completely incorrect. And in his book, Ta'alimuddin, in the beginning, he brings the five shu'bas of Islam. What are the five shu'bas? We're not talking about the five pillars. We're talking about the five different departments which the Prophet ﷺ came, he explained, he elaborated, and he left us with He left us on a clear and shining path, right? That there is no ambiguity in it. And what is that? The Prophet ﷺ came and taught us aqaid, right? Our belief system. As Muslims, we don't believe whatever we want to believe, right? That, okay, I said, La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah, and I can believe that Ghulam Ahmad Qadiani Right, he is the final prophet who came, and he's the Mahdi of this time, and you know he's the chosen Messiah. No, we don't. There's la nabiya ba'da Rasulillahi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. No prophet to come after the messenger of Allah. Right. So we he came with the clear injunctions regarding what we believe. Right. We believe that no one is raziq, no one is khaliq, no one is malik other than Allah subhanahu wa taala. That we don't go to graves and ask. From the you know the, the, the deceased inside of the grave about you know this that and the other give me this and give me a child and you know I'm having this problem so Babaji you know answer my uh, you know answer my duas no we don't we don't there are specific injunctions regarding what we believe as Muslims right so it's not like okay I'm a Muslim la ilaha Muhammad Rasulullah and I also believe in Santa Claus right I'm a Muslim la ilaha Muhammad Rasulullah and at the same time I believe in you know Ghulam Ahmad Qadiani, he's the chosen Messiah. There's no choice in the matter. The Prophet came with set rules and aqaid that this is what a Muslim believes in, right? Secondly, ibadat, right? Our fasting, our five daily prayers, our hajj, our zakat. These are our ritual acts of worship that the Prophet came with clear injunctions. So we have aqaid. We have ibadat. Then we have mu'amalat. Our transactions. Awfu bil Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, fulfill the transactions. Right? So these are specific things. The Prophet taught us how to do business. The Prophet taught us how to, you know, deal in, in lane, dane, in mu'amalat, and our borrowing, and our buying, and our selling, and the way that we conduct ourselves in our trade and in our commerce. The Prophet ﷺ gave us clear guidelines. It's not that I say, La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah, right? And then what do I do? It's okay if I have a liquor shop. I say, La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah, and it's okay if I deal with interest. I say, La ilaha illa Muhammad Rasulullah, and it's okay if I deal with bribery. No. The Prophet gave us, right, clear guidelines in regards to mu'amalat, how our transactions are supposed to be. And then fourthly, right, mu'asharat, our social conduct right that our neighbors have rights upon us our parents have rights upon us how do we conduct ourselves with our spouses our wives your guest has a right upon you your wife and your spouse has a right upon you your parents have a right upon you yourself has a right upon you this is all muashara right and then fifthly the fifth 
department is what we say um, akhlaq, right? Akhlaq means the internal realities, right? Patience and sabr and uh, tawakkul, reliance upon Allah and, you know, muhabbat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and purifying the heart from lust, purifying the heart from greed, purifying the heart from racism, purifying the heart from hatred, purifying the heart from grudges in our hearts for others. These are the five departments, subhanAllah, each one of them is an ocean on its own. Aqaid, ibadat, mu'amalat, mu'asharat, and akhlaq, our belief system, our ritual worship, our uh, transactions and dealings, our social conduct, and lastly, our internal qualities that we need to work on. Tahliya, you know, um, adorning the heart with good qualities. And takhliya, removing our heart from our heart, the evil qualities. These five aspects, these five departments are the teachings of which the Prophet ﷺ's sunnah encompasses these five things. Now, let's get to the, to the, to the hadith at hand where the Prophet ﷺ is giving us a beautiful advice. This hadith falls in the category of mu'asharat. Which one does it fall under the category of? Not ibadat, not aqaid, not mu'amalat to a certain extent, but mu'asharat, our social dealings, right? That when we are have certain matters in our life, we're making certain plans, right? We are, we have certain uh, um, things that we plan to do in our lives, right? We have a plan, we have a goal, we have an objective, we have an institute, we have a family, we have, you know, certain things that we have, you know, um, in the works. Now the Prophet ﷺ taught us a very, very important thing, which especially is applicable and relevant in our times of social media. And what is that? Let's first look at the meaning of the hadith and see how does it relate with our social dealings with people. Rasulullah tells us, take help, right? Seek help. In the fulfillment of your necessities by concealing them. Subhanallah. I have a project, right? I have, you know, I want to raise my family. I want to take care of my family. I have a project. I want to, you know, open up a business. I want to open up an institute. Now in this future plan that I have, right? How should I conduct myself in my plans? How should I conduct myself in my, in my, in my, uh, you know, dealing with, you know, tadbir, right? We call tadbir is planning, right? The Prophet ﷺ is telling us that the world has, this world is Darul Asbab. It's a system, right, that goes with us making effort. Whatever efforts we make and whatever, um, you know, rules that we apply, whatever efforts we make, whatever seed we plant, that is the tree that will grow, right? This is Darul Asbab. Obviously, the end result of everything, it, it depends upon the tawfiq that is granted by Allah, the blessing that is granted by Allah, the nur and the, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
you know, quwwat and the qudrat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills for something to become successful, that thing will be successful. If some as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not will something to be successful and it is not according his mashiya and his will and his irada, then that thing will not come to pass. There is a system of this world that if we, for example, that a man and a woman become married and a man and a woman join together, inshallah, from that union, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless that and Allah with his qudra will bring about a child, right? A person goes out, he seeks a living. He seeks a living. He goes and he works and he you know, toils and he makes that effort. Inshallah, the result of it, right, in Darul Asbab is that Allah Ta'ala may grant him, this is the system, Allah Ta'ala will grant him, you know, sustenance. You know, similarly with many of the other things. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala also has told us that this world that we're living in is Darul Asbab. Things are a matter of cause and effect in this world. So the Prophet said, look, when you have a plan, you want to do something. Then in your plans, be very careful that you don't go announcing your plans to the entire world. Now we're getting to the main point of this hadith. I know I gave a little bit lengthy introduction. I wanted, you know, to, you know, you know, get your minds ready for understanding this hadith properly. That you have a plan. You want to do something. You want to establish a business, for example. Let's let's take a business. Now, you know, you have about. to invest in opening up this business. Now you go around and saying, you know, telling everybody, yeah, you know, we've saved up about, you know, half a million dollars. And, you know, we're thinking about opening up a, you know, a business. We think about opening up a, you know, you know, a shop uh, for this and for that. And now you're putting these words in the ears of every Amr Zayd and Bakr that's out there. You're putting your plans and your, you know, your, your private matters that, you know, I got half a million. Now this person thinking, wow, this guy got half a million dollars laying around. Wow. You know, how did this person get to that? You know, man, you know, he, this guy is pretty rich. And now they're all thinking all of these things. And the Prophet ﷺ is telling us that by you exposing certain things that it's not necessary for you to expose. By telling other people and by telling, you know, people that are unfit, by telling people that are not Ahlul Mashwara, they're not the people of consultation, they're not people who are trustworthy or people who are pious, what will happen? Now you've thrown the ball in their court, they're going to, you know, they might not be your well-wisher, right? They might not be your well-wisher. And this is reminding us, the Prophet Sallallahu is telling us, listen closely, that this world is Darul Asbab, right? This world is a world of, you know, cause and effect. And in the world of cause and effect, you have to play your cards right, right? A lot of our brothers and sisters, they have a misunderstanding. They do things as we call Allah Tawakkali. We call it in Afghanistan, Khuda Tawakkali, Allah Tawakkali. Allah Tawakkali means that you go and you leave your house without having a plan that day, without mashwara, without plan, without istishara, without istikhara. And then what happens? Then, you know, whatever, I just throw my cards up in the air and however they land. 
my dear brothers and sisters, this is not the sunnah method of, this is not the prophetic method of conducting our lives. In our lives, the Prophet ﷺ said, first and foremost, you have to have a plan, right? You have to have a goal. You have to have a vision. And, right, the only thing that you're going to be concealing, but why would you conceal something? Yeah, I'm going out today to, you know, play baseball. I'm going out today to play football. This is not a plan, right? A plan is something that you have a long-term goal that what you want to achieve in your life. You have a long-term goal of, you know, like the Prophet ﷺ, he had a long-term goal of spreading Islam throughout the four corners of the world, right? An amazing plan. He was high-minded. The Sahaba had were high-minded people. And in regards to that, they had specific plans. They weren't just, do we think that the Prophet ﷺ, Allah tawakkali, just like, oh, tawakkal ala Allah and not plan. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, right? The Prophet ﷺ said, the, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told his messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, right? Consult the companions. Subhanallah. Look at what we're learning. That even the messenger of Allah who is receiving direct revelation from Allah is told to plan and to take consultation from the companions. Shawirhum fil amr. Oh my Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, consult the Sahaba radiallahu anh, consult your companions in regards to your affair, in regards to the affair of your mission. azamta, And then when you are firm about the decision that you made, after making mashwara with, the, with your companions, Allah, then put your trust in Allah. Now we understand something. What is the reality of tawakkul? This hadith teaches us the reality of tawakkul. The reality of tawakkul is not that you just go ahead blindly into something without having a proper plan, without istikhara, asking Allah for khair, and without istishara, seeking consultation from the people of trust, from people who are trustworthy. Istikhara was istishara. As is mentioned in a hadith, if I'm quoting it correctly, right? If I've mistaken in this hadith, please, anybody who's listening can correct me, that the one will never be regretful who asked consultation from the people of consultation. The one who made consultation and took consultation from the appropriate people, he will never be regretful. And he will never be a loser. The one who asked khair from Allah. Allah ma'inni yastakhiruka bi'ilmik wa astakdiruka bi'qudratik wa as'aluka min fadlika al-azim. Oh Allah, I ask of you your khair and everything that I do. And if you know, oh Allah, that this thing is good for me, then make it happen. And if you know this thing is harmful for me, then take it away from me. Subhanallah. The one who consults in his matters and his affairs and his plans with the people who are trustworthy and wise and knowledgeable, who are, who are people of scholarship or people of wisdom, then they will never be regretful. And that person will not become a loser. He will not be destroyed. He will not be in loss. The one who seeks khair from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can a person who says, Allahumma inni astakhiruk, Yani, atlubu minkal khair. 
Oh Allah, I ask of you khayr in my matter. How will that person ever be, um, uh, you know, a loser? How can he ever lose out? So with that being said, this hadith teaches us that the world has a system. This world is Darul Asbab. And in that Darul Asbab, we have to be very careful of certain things. And that is, number one, the Prophet teaches us, Ista'inu ala injahil hawa'iji. Right? Seek assistance in Allah by the fulfillment of your affairs, meaning your affairs will not become successful if you go and you Facebook this. I'm going to put this on, a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post this, you know. For example, even our children, this is a plan. We have a plan for our kids, right? We have a plan for our marriages. We have a plan for the various, you know, things that we do in our life. And what are we doing? We're throwing it out on Facebook. We're throwing it out on Twitter. We're throwing it out on social media for the entire world, right? Every Amr Zaydan Bucket, every Tom, Dick, and Harry is looking at it. And now what happens, right? A lot of times, nadar, right? People affect our plans. People, aff uh, uh, you know, afflict our children with the with the with the evil with the evil eye, right? And what does it say? Fa'inna, fa'inna. Every person who is the possessor of a bounty is envied. In other words, right, our plans and our good things that we have, that we want to attain them, we want to accomplish them, right? Sometimes when we let all and sundry, right, come to know of them, it might be that there's a person who has ill will towards you and looks at you with that negative and evil eye. And the Prophet ﷺ told us that this evil eye, Al-Aynu Haqq, the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith narrated in Bukhari, that the evil eye is true. The evil eye is Haqq. It does have an effect that the negative Yaqeen and the negative energy inside of the heart of that person, that is manifested through the eyes of that person towards the Mahsud towards the person who is the envied, right? The maf'ul. He is the fa'il. He is hasid, right? And the negative energy, the negative sentiment, the darkness and the evil in the heart of that person, the incorrect yaqeen and the wrong certainty in the heart of that person now emanates from the eyes of that person towards the envied. What happens? Then that negative energy at times, depending on the strength of it, depending on the evil in it, depending on the darkness in it, it affects the person who is then envied. And brothers and sisters, this is not any airy-fairy type of spiritual Sufi stuff that we're talking about here. This is ayat of the Quran. Right? Oh Allah, we seek refuge in you from the envy of the person who envies. Showing that the envier has, right, the, the envier, there is an effect in the darkness and in the negative energy that that envier lets out. And it could also be the reality of envy that a person that negative energy, that negative sentiment, that grudge, that hate, that ill will builds up so much that now what does that person want to do? That person wants to harm the opposite person. He sees you or she sees you with a benefit. She sees you with some blessings. 
She sees you with maybe a house or a life or a husband or a wife or, you know, uh, uh, you know, projects or efforts or good qualities that they don't like. Now what happens? They start envying you, hating you, you know, uh, harboring ill will towards you. And the negative darkness of that through the eye emanates and can affect the person. And that is why, right, uh, the Mu'awwidatayn, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ and قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ النَّاسِ has been uh, revealed for us. So, Allama Munawi in Faydul Qadir mentions a couple of points here. إِنْ أَذْهَرْتُمْ حَوَائِجَكُمْ لِلنَّاسِ حَسَدُوكُمْ فَعَارَضُوكُمْ فِي مَرَامِكُمْ that if you expose your hawaij, if you expose your plans and your um, the things that, that you, you wish to do, right? Then what happens? Hasadukum fa'aradukum fi maramikum. That they will envy you and then they will try to oppose you in your objectives. So it's very important to conceal that. If we want our objectives and our plans to be realized, to be actualized, to be materialized. Some of the wise men have said, Allama Munawi is narrating this in Faydul Qadir. Subhanallah. Anyone who conceals his matter, his secret, it's not for everybody that you need to tell everybody about, you know. Uh, what you're going to do about your plans, about your life, and put your entire existence on Facebook, right? Because what? Anyone who is going to hide his, conceal his secret, conceal his matter, then the, 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 the matter, it's in your hands, right? Your life is in your hands, subhanAllah. And when you are putting your life in others, then your life is in other people's hands, subhanAllah. When you, uh, you know, um, expose your secret, right? Then your matter will not be in your hand. It will be against you, right? People can use your secret. People can use your plan against you and harm you. And when you keep your secret to yourself and to the people who you trust and the people who are well-wishers, remember, it's okay to narrate your story or tell, um, you know, about your uh, ahwal and your plans to people who are well-wishers. There's nothing wrong with that. How many secrets were exposed that caused the shedding of the blood of the one who exposed it? And became a obstacle for the fulfillment of that of that objective. And if he would have concealed his matters, he would have been safe and protected from all the onslaught of ill will around him. 
He would have been saved from the evil uh, of people's plans. And he would have then attained the objective of what he had planned. Some people even mention to this extent that your secret is like your blood. As soon as you let out your secret is like you have, right? Let out your blood. In other words, you know, your plans, your secrets, these are things that are very, very special. Your family, right? Many of our, of our private matters. And now we see people don't even understand these matters. Um, they like to put everything on social media. They like to put everything on, you know, um, find someone who is a, a wise person. Find somebody who is, um, you know, a well-wisher. No, no doubt. You can share your matters with that person. Take advice from them. But to put it out there for everybody, this will prove more harmful than it will benefit you. It's very, very important to understand this. وَقَالَ أَنُوْ شِرْوَانِ مِنْ حِسْنِ سِرِّهِ فَلَهُ بِتَحْسِينِهِ قَصْلَتَانِ الظَّفَرُ بِحَاجَتِهِ وَالسَّلَامَةُ مِنَ السَّطَوَاتِ By a person, uh, Anu Sherwan is one of the wise kings of the past. It is said, Man hasana, man hasuna sirrahu, faluhu bitahsinihi khaslatani. Anyone who guards his plans and his secret. Faluhu bitahsinihi khaslatani. He will have two benefits in uh, guarding them. Adhafru bihajatihi, number one is he will be successful and victorious by attaining his objective. And he will then be protected also from satawat. Satawat means what? From the onslaught of negative negativity. It also is mentioned here. Lakin. There is a lakin here. Lakin. However, minal asrari ma la yastagni fihi an mutala'ati sadiqin wa mashwarati nasihin fayataharra lahu man yaatamanahu alay wa yastawdi'uhu iyahu. Understand this. In the matter of our secrets or our plans or whatever we are planning, right? That there are certain secrets that we have that it is necessary that we need to for a close confidant or a friend 
to be aware of it, to look at it, to take advice from. وَمَشْوَرَةُ نَاصِحْ And as an, to take advice from a well-wisher. فَيَتَحَرَّ لَهُ مَنْ يَأْتَمَنَهُ عَلَيْهِ And it is appropriate then uh, for him to tell whoever that he feels that trust. وَيَسْتَوْدِعُهُ إِيَّاهِ And he could then convey it to that person and that person can, um, you know, be a uh, well-wisher and an advisor in these matters. فَلَيْسَ كُلُّ مَنْ كَانَ عَلَى الْأَمْوَالِ أَمِينًا كَانَ عَلَى الْأَسْرَارِ أَمِينًا But remember, everyone who is might be trustworthy in regards to your money, he might not be so tr trustworthy in regards to your secrets. So it's a very, very important matter, respected brothers and sisters, that we learn from the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ in this hadith is reminding us the correct understanding of tawakkul, that in whatever we do in life, there is a system. You can imagine, subhanAllah, um, that, you know, if companies were to, you know, take this usul and this principle, how much success that they would receive. If businesses would, you know, do it, if companies would do it, if organizations would do it, that they would not put out, and organizations and companies and businesses that actually implement this, they are the successful ones. Right? Why are certain companies successful? Why are certain organizations more successful than others? Because they take these prophetic usuls and they have used them and utilized them. And sometimes in our lives, you know, people get affected by hasad. Certain things are going well. And then all of a sudden, you know, things start going bad is because, right, we are, you know, maybe exposing our matters to people who are not trustworthy. Or we are, you know, um, exposing certain things uh, that are not supposed to be exposed. So this is a very important thing that, that the world has a system. And the only way that we will get success in these worldly matters is that if we follow that system of asbab. And here the Prophet ﷺ is telling us that we need to yani, to take assistance in the fulfillment of our necessities through this specific matter of kitman, right? Right. Also, right, in many other things, and this is, you know, the, 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 our time is limited. I think I have about, uh, I'm not sure if we have about an hour or we have about, you know, um, f you know, 45 minutes. But I just wanted to say, like this, the Prophet has taught us managing of our mundane affairs, in our worldly things, the Prophet ﷺ is teaching us that we should be very careful that we don't expose our matters to just anybody, right? He's telling us that there's a system that how the world works. Similarly, as Muslims, we have to know that the Prophet ﷺ and the prophetic way came with money management, right? Family management, time management, life management. Just this is a qa'ida kulliya, a general principle for living. Imagine all the other things that the prophetic way came from. And this is just, subhanAllah, a drop in the bucket from the knowledge of the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he was granted, as we say, you know, the jawami'ul kalim. One of his miracles was he was given the comprehensiveness of speech that in few words, he would, you know, encapsulate the ocean. You know, this is, a, I think, you know, you can go on and on and on and have an entire seminar about this, you know, in our family life, in our public life, in our private life, in our business life, in our, you know, for, for politicians, for people that are, 
um, you know, social activists or whatever you might be involved in, this hadith can be a principle to live by. Also, another thing that, you know, in the, in the ayah that I read, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions ayat number 189 in Surah Al-Baqarah, that they ask you, O oh Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi about the about the, the stages of the moon. Tell them, oh, Muhammad Sallallahu that it is a, uh, a means by which you tell time, right? And by which you designate the, the, the knowing when is the, 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 the uh, time of Hajj, right? This is for our enumerating the months and, uh, and, and the years. This is what the, the, the moon is. It literally, it's a God-given calendar for us. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on, uh, on and talking about a matter of hajj. It is not of piety and faith that you should enter into your homes from the back. But piety is having taqwa. Rather, enter the homes through their doors and fear Allah that you might be successful. Here is a very important point. In the days of Jahiliyyah, the uh, ignorant idolaters, they used to do certain real, really weird things, right? They used to do weird things. And what they used to do is when they were in Halatul Ihram, right, they would, you know, go from behind, right, the houses from the back they would jump over the back you know, wall and enter into the home without going through the front door because they were in Halatul Ihram, thinking that this is like, okay, some, you know, whatever, some superstitious type of thing that when we're in Halatul Ihram, we're going to go into enter the house through the back door. Allah Ta'ala said, enter through the front door. There's no piety in this that you're creating some, you know, superstitious practices that if you're in state of Ihram, that you should go through the back door. Wa'atul buyuta min abuabiha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, enter into the homes through their doors. One of the mashayikh mentioned something very beautiful. One of our teachers said, subhanAllah, obviously this ayah is referring to matters of hajj and the superstitious, nonsensical practices of the idolaters. But it re relates to our lives as well. And that is, وَأْتُلْ بُيُوتَ مِنْ abuabiha, That enter into the houses through the front doors, not jumping through the back. In this, our mashayikh teach us that whatever you do, do it in accordance with that, the system of that, right? If a person wants to gain knowledge, right, don't go and uh, hang yourself from a tree upside down, singing Ya Allahu for a thousand times, thinking that knowledge is going to come to you from Jibreel alayhi salam. Wa'atul buyuta min abuabiha. You have to seek the path of seeking knowledge, and that is sitting in the company of scholars, you know, being and in, 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 in their suhbah, listening to their classes, you know, studying hard, learning, taking uh, admission into an institution, going to scholar to scholar and learning and sitting in their company. This is the way you're going to get knowledge, not through these unusual superstitious types of means. Similarly, there is a way and a system in this world, and that way insists that whatever we want to accomplish in our lives, you have to follow that system, right? The Prophet said that, There's one hadith 
Anyone who wants patience, he has to exercise patience, right? Also, anybody who wants tafakku, anyone who wants to become a faqih, right? A person. I don't know if this is a hadith. This is a hadith. But that if we want fiqh, we want to attain a specific thing. We have to establish and adopt the means. And I think this hadith is giving us an indication to that. That look, you have to do everything according to its tartib, according to its proper method. If we don't adopt the proper means and the proper method, if a person wants to become a doctor, for example, right, he has to go to high school. He has to get first and foremost his high school diploma. Then he has to go to college. Then he has to go to medical school. Then he has to do residency. If you don't go through that process and system, you can't sit at home and say, I'm going to become the Surgeon General by reading some books. Similarly, brothers and sisters, like we have this nonsensical understanding. Everybody today is a scholar. Facebook scholar and Twitter scholar. If they have a Facebook page, they go on Facebook live and what? They automatically become a scholar without any tafakku, without any ta'allum, without any learning. You have to go through the means. Similarly, the Prophet is teaching us with this hadith that if you want to attain and accomplish your goals, there are certain things you have to implement. There's, there's a certain guidelines that you have to go by. You can't just go, okay, just throw your cards in the air and wish that they're going to fall into place. No, there's certain things you have to watch out for. There's certain do's and don'ts. And that is why it teaches us, subhanAllah, the Prophet ﷺ is teaching us, follow the proper system, right? There's a system in this world. Follow that system. And Muslims are ahakku biha wa awla biha. We as Muslims, if we're not going to have vision, if we're not going to have objectives and goals and we're not going to have, for example, family planning, life planning, money management, family management, uh, uh, you know, time management, then you know what? We're just literally throwing our cards in the air and thinking, oh, you know, things are going to happen on its own. Uh, uh, the messenger of Islam is telling us that there is a system in this world. And when we follow that system, we have to be careful of the do's and don'ts. Right. If we want to achieve something, we have to go through the front door and not go through the back door and do all these other nonsensical type of superstitious type of practices and think that, you know, certain things are going to be gained. Whereas there is nothing to be gained through those practices except right by following a proper, you know, uh, objective based uh, planning in the correct manner. And subhanAllah. What can be better than the teachings of Allah and His Messenger, right? right? The matter that the Prophet and amongst the Sahaba was in consultation. O Messenger of Allah, take their consultation in the in the matters of the world. Imagine the one who is Sahibul Risala wa Sahibul Wahi, the one who was given revelation and he was a given uh, uh, you know the Quran from Allah Ta'ala. He has been told and commanded to take consultation and when you are you know sure and certain then you make your decision putting your trust in Allah Ta'ala telling us that there's three four things two three steps right before you make tawakkal ala Allah you have to do two three other things before you get to that point so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding uh, this is just a few you know uh, words and a few you know, uh, ideas uh, and fawaid of this hadith, um, 
you know, I think the hadith is very, very uh, rich. It can be applied to every aspect of our lives, whether it's our families, whether it's our businesses, whether it's our, um, you know, our time, our money, our various different aspects of life. It tells us that we have to have a correct way to move forward, taking all of the matters into consideration. And um, subhanAllah, there's, you know, this, this, this hadith in and of itself is an ocean. We'll stop there. Inshallah, if there's uh, any questions that are to be taken, we can take some questions. Other than that, Jazakumullah um, khair. May Allah Ta'ala reward you all for this opportunity. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq and enable us to implement uh, the, the sunnah and the teachings of the Prophet Sallallahu in our lives and in our, you know, in our daily conduct and in our mu'amalat and our mu'ashirat. وجزاكمullahu khairan سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد ان لا اله الا انت نستغفرك ونتوب اليك وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلق محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين